Good morning. It's good to be with you online. I hope you had a wonderful week, and I hope this Lord's Day has been a blessing for you. If you have a, a copy of God's Word with you, I would like to invite you to turn to Genesis 15. And as you find your place there, I, I have a question for you. When was the last time you told someone, whether it's your spouse, a relative, a friend, your child, that you love them. I heard this story one time about a husband and a wife sitting with a marriage counselor, and the counselor looked at the wife and asked, ma'am, what seems to be the issue? And the wife replies, my husband never tells me that he loves me. And when the counselor looked at the husband, the husband huffed crossed his arms and said, I told her that 20 years ago, and I haven't changed my mind. You see, even though a person is loved, it is nice to hear over and over again that word, I love you. I believe humans need to be assured that they are loved by our Heavenly Father, and that brings security. The same is to be said spiritually. Christians know that Jesus loves them. And there's nothing that can separate us from his love. As Romans 8.39 says this. Height nor depth or any other created thing will have the power to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. But when things seem to be out of sorts in our daily walk, when we face trials or seem to hit a wall, we need assurance from our Lord. And as we have journeyed through the book of Genesis, I hope Genesis 15 would minister to you today from the Word of God. I am reminded, and I hope you are reminded of this wonderful truth that is found at the very beginning in verse 1. As God speaks to Abram, I am your shield. Your reward will be great. And that is the same for the believer in Christ in 2020 as well. And in Genesis 15, we also see the doctrine of justification. That God credited Abram righteous. By his faith, you too are justified. You are now cleansed from your sins for eternity, being forgiven by our Heavenly Father through the blood of Jesus Christ. And as we continue in our study, in Genesis 15, I hope and I pray that you truly understand the reassurance that is found in our Heavenly Father as Abram will be seeking our Heavenly Father daily, he will be reminded of the promise that there is reassurance in God. In reverence to God's word, would you please stand with me, if you're able to stand, as we read Genesis chapter 15. Starting in verse 6, we will be covering 7 through 21 today. And this is what the word of God says. Abram believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. 
He also said to him, as God was speaking to Abram, I am Yahweh who brought you from the earth of the Chaldeans to give you this land to possess. But he said, Lord God, how can I know that I will possess it? He said to him, bring me three, a three-year-old cow, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. So Abram brought all these to the Lord, split Abram split them down the middle and laid the pieces opposite of each other, but he did not cut up the birds. The birds of, the, of prey came down on the carcasses, verse 11, but Abram drove them away. As the sun was setting, in verse 12, a deep sleep fell on Abram, and suddenly great terror and darkness descended on him. In verse 13, it says that the Lord said to Abram, Know this for certain. Your offspring will be foreigners in the land that does not belong to them. They will be enslaved and oppressed 400 years. However, I will judge the nation they serve. And afterward, they will go out with many possessions. But you will go to your fathers in peace and be buried at a ripe old age. In the fourth generation, they will return here for their iniquity of the Amorites has not yet reached its full measure. Verse 17 says, When the sun had set and it was dark, a smoking fire fire pot and a flaming torch appeared and passed between the divided animals. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, Abram, saying, I give you this land to your offspring from the brook of of Egypt to the Euphrates River, the land of the Kenites, the Kenizzites, the Kadmonites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, Rephaim, Amorites, Canaanites, Girgashites, and the Jebusites. Would you pray with me? Father, your word is comforting and true. And Lord, I pray for each one that has tuned in at this moment, Lord, that they understand that their love, they're far more loved than they could ever imagine. Your love displayed on the cross to bring forgiveness for our sins. It's something that we could never repay, but we say thank you. And as we look at your word today, we'll see this contract, this covenant made with Abram and how that brings assurance to what you have promised Abram. And those who are tuning in right now, I hope that they see the reassurance that is found in you. Your promises are true and they will be completed. Thank you for the promise of salvation through your son Jesus. Thank you for the forgiveness of our sins, and we praise you in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Well, we have three points to this sermon this morning, and uh, the very first point we see in this section is the Lord's reassurance to Abram in verse 7 through 8. The Lord's reassurance to Abram was this. God reminded Abram of who he is. The Lord says this, I am Yahweh, which should be taken as, I am in control, God is saying. Ephesians 1.11 says, God's work, God works all things according to the counsel of his will. And we should gain comfort in that, that God is in control. And when everything seems out of control, God sits on his throne and is in total control. And in verse 7, 
God reminds Abram of his power, of God's power. He tells Abram, look, you are where you are today, Abram, because of who Yahweh is. This verse is telling us that God brought Abram from the earth to this promised land. And in verse 7, God also reminds Abram of God's plan. God was bringing Abram to this new land to be a great nation. And God's plan is always better than anything we can think of. So day to day, seek God's plan from his wonderful word and walk according to it. That is putting faith and trust in it, just like Abram has been. And in verse 8, we see Abram's response to God's reminder. He tells God, how can I know that I will possess it? And that's a great question, out of curiosity. Abram acknowledges God the Father with this respect and reverent phrase, Adonai, Adonai Yahweh. And Abram asks this question, you know, how will I know that, that I'll possess this land? Because Abram was looking at his context. He was looking around the land where he lived, and he saw many Canaanites there. And as far as Abram could tell, it was going to be a little while before this took place. Abram was possibly struggling with the assurance that is found in the Lord. But what does God do? God brings reassurance. Today, you and I may struggle with assurance that is found in the Lord and his promises. But let me remind you of Romans, what Romans 8, 16 says. It says, the Spirit himself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children, that in our struggle and concern, we are still God's children and God is faithful to us. Our humanness is sinful. But you need to be reminded of God's holiness in your life. And how can you be reminded of that? Look to the cross. Look to the resurrection and be mindful that your life is in the palms of the creator, God Almighty. Listen, the work has been finished. The battle of eternity for your life is over and you toil through this life and you struggle but be reminded that God belongs to you and you belong to him Jesus is mine Ephesians 1:13 says this in him you also were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit when you heard the word of the truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed. You want blessed assurance? Be reminded of your salvation, that it is sealed in the arms of the Lord through Jesus' blood. So we've seen the reassurance to Abram Number two, let's look at the Lord's contract to Abram. This is found in verses 9 through 16. It says here, again in verse 9, bring me this three-year-old 
cow and a three-year-old female goat and a three-year-old ram and a turtle dove and a young pigeon. Pigeon. And why? Why does God want Abram to do this? He's reminding him of a contract that God, Abram has with, God has with Abram. He says, get these animals and bring them to me. And Abram's obedient. He does that. And notice that these animals that are mentioned in verse 9 are very tamed and peaceful animals. These animals would be willingly coming into the presence of human, just like they do today. And as I look at this scene, I also think about Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. How he was the innocent gift that was given over for our sin. Jesus is the perfect, peaceful lamb of God who willingly went to a cross to save sinners like you and me, to forgive us of our transgressions. For those who repent and call upon his name, the name of the Lord for salvation, our promise is found in him. And in this contract that Jesus made through his blood, John 14, verse 6 says, It is the way, it is the truth, and it is the life. Which states that no one goes to the Father except through him. There's no way to spend eternity in the heavenly places with God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit unless you walk through the blood of Jesus Christ. Let's continue to move through Genesis 15. Look at verse 10 and 11 with me. Uh, 10 and 11 is a unique scene. Abram, you know, brings these animals that are, that are cut in half and laid to the opposite sides, but he didn't cut up the birds. And these birds of prey come down and try to pick at these carcasses. In the Old Testament, uh, during Abram's time, uh, if a tribe or a nation had conflict with one another, they usually would uh, battle and have a war. And the king that conquered the other tribe um, would show loyalty to them. And they would make a contract together. And they would do this very exact thing. Set the animals uh, apart, the pieces of the animal apart, and they'd walk in between them. The, the, the king and the conquered the king, the one who lost. It's a picture of obedience and loyalty. The conquered king is saying this, I will protect you. I will provide a justice system for you. I will be the one who bless you. I will be the one who you give rich, I will, I will be the one that gives you riches. But if you turn against me, you rebel against me, May it be done to you what you see with these animals. Walking in between these animals was bringing about a new relationship and an oath. Look at verse 11 here. I love Abram's heart. After these animals are separated, there's uh, some birds that come down and try to pick at the carcasses. And what does Abram do? He fights them off. 
Everything that belongs to the Lord should be protected. To think, what had just taken place here? Abram's wore out. He's tired. It's late in the evening, and he wards off birds who try to pick and, and take what belongs to the Lord. You know, today, the evil one is trying to do that very same thing. He's trying to pick at the church, trying to pick at members, trying to tear it apart. But yet, 2 Timothy, verse 1, 13 through 14 says this. Folks, hold on to the pattern of sound teaching that you have heard from me in faith and love that is in Jesus Christ. Guard, it says in verse 14, guard through the Holy Spirit who lives in us the good thing entrusted to you. We have the word of God. We stand upon the truth. We are to guard it and hide it within our heart. But we're also to protect and guard one another. We are a part of the body of Christ and we need one another. So may we protect and guard our brothers and sisters in Christ from the evil one as well. Moving on, we see in verse 12, Abram fallen to a deep sleep in Genesis chapter 15. It says that terror and darkness fall on him. It leads the Lord to share with Abram prophecies that will be fulfilled down the line. And those are found in verse 13 and 14. And what are those prophecies? that he mentions uh, to Abram in this time? Well, the first one, look at the word of God. It says that your children will be foreigners in Egypt. Secondly, they will be enslaved. Your children, Abram, the Hebrews, will be enslaved for 400 years. Thirdly, that nation that enslaves enslaves them will be judged. Fourthly, Your children, Abram, will leave Egypt with great possessions. The fifth thing we see in God telling Abram about this prophecy, that you, Abram, will die in a peaceful age. And sixth, Abram, your seed will return to this promised land that I've promised you, and your seed in the fourth generation. And if you like to see what generation that will be, uh, turn over to Exodus chapter 6, verse 16 through 26. You'll see the lineage here. The first generation will be Levi, the son of Jacob, who entered Egypt at the time. Second generation will be Kohath, the son of Levi. The third generation will be Amron, son of Kohath. And the fourth generation will be Moses and Aaron, sons of Amron. And through this seed and this promise from Abram, the Amorite people will be uh, forced out of the land of Canaan as Moses will pass the leadership onto Joshua. And this will be fulfilled in Joshua 24, verse 8, that God will be the one who moves the people out and his Hebrews, his chosen line, will be in the promised land. So what can we gain from all this in this section as a believer today? Folks, there's no need for you to worry about today or tomorrow because God is in control. You don't have to worry about 400 years down the line. Why? You are to be faithful today to the Lord. Love the Lord and be blessed by him. 
But you too are to be a blessing each and every day by sharing the gospel and the truth that is found in Jesus. But be at peace and find your comfort in the Lord. Why do I say that? Well, in this section, we can miss verse 15 very easily. If you look at that that section there, God is telling Abram, listen, I am in control, Abram. You will die peacefully. You will die at a ripe old age. And if I was Abram, I would be asking, Lord, but what about my children? What about my grandchildren? And then verse 15 would speak even loudly to me more. It would echo in my heart, Abram, be at peace. It's going to be okay. God is in control. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow. Everything's going to be okay. Today, If you have your faith and trust in our Savior, Jesus Christ, we have an Abba Father, a daddy who is king, who conquered eternity through his blood for the repented Christian, and we find our peace in him, just like Abram does. Lastly, let's look at verse 17 through 21. We see the confirmation from our Lord. When the sun had set and it was dark, a smoking fire, fire pot and a flaming torch appeared and passed between the, div, the divided animals. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, I give you this land to your offspring from the brook of Egypt to the Euphrates River, the land of the Kenites, the Kenizzites, the Cadmonites, Hittites, Perizzites, Rephaim, Amorites, Canaanites, Girgashites, and the Jebusites. Here, we see the glory of the Lord. The Lord comes down to man and passes through these sacrifices. This scene describes our heavenly father first as being a smoking fire pot, a a picture of a furnace. Why is that here? Again, to remind Abram about his lineage, that the seed of Abram is going to face affliction for 400 years. And if that happened to the Hebrews during that time, the same could be said for us. Folks, there's prosperity in the Lord, and there's a, there was also found affliction, pain. But hear me clearly. I want you to know this, that the Lord loves you, that I love you, and affliction and pain is not fun but it's momentary there is the light at the end of the tunnel there's glory to come when we face those tough times how can i say that second corinthians 4 17 for our momentary light affliction is producing for us an absolutely incomparable eternal weight of glory therefore Your affliction, Hebrew, your affliction, brothers and sisters in Christ, your pain, your suffering in the Lord is not meaningless. It is profitable. It is for gain, and and it's producing a great reward and glory when you face it. Be 
mindful. Remember, the best is yet to come. And as we continue on in verse 17, with, we see the glory of the Lord. We see a flaming torch appear. This is the second picture that our Lord is described as. The Lord is a lamp. He's our lighthouse. And this picture reminds us that in this affliction time, Hebrews, of this furnace, there is also the torch, the light that will lead us through, that is there, that is comforting. What's amazing to me about this scene, it's not Abram who walks between the sacrifices. It's not man, but it is God who walks between these pieces of animals. Why? Because this covenant is not dependent on Abram or his good works or by him being faithful, but this covenant is graciously given to him and the faithfulness and grace of our heavenly Father, that is up to him. Abram, God is saying, Abram, I promise to you unto my own death that I will fulfill the covenant and commitment to you. If it was up to man, we would fail, but God never fails. And that's why our heavenly father walks through the pieces himself. And that's exactly what we see centuries down the line. Jesus comes off his throne to save you and to save me. Not because we do good works. Not because of who we are. But because of God's faithfulness to us and our faith and trust in the promises that he has for you and I. God will keep his promise in his love and in his grace and by his goodness we trust in him. And then in the last part of this section in verse 18 through 20 and 21 we see the covenant blessing. That this is a future event that will take place that Israel, the Hebrews, God will set up his throne and rule over this whole area. Promises are something we look forward to, right? I know as a daddy, as a husband, as a pastor, I have failed at keeping promises. And maybe you can relate with me. Our intentions are always good. But there are certain hurdles that we face daily that make us pivot and move and stop us from fulfilling those promises. But listen to me. God does not fail. There is nothing that can stand in his way from fulfilling the promises he has to you and to me and his children through his blood. God's grace and mercy 
is stronger than anything in this world. He has called you out of darkness into the light. And the wonderful promise is that you belong to him. And I pray you find yourself swimming in a pool of knowledge and wisdom and grace coming from the word of God. So to wrap all this up, what is the takeaway? What can I leave you with as you go about your day? Number one, the assurance found in the Lord. Abram knows that God loves him, but he's struggling. He needs to be reminded of God's love daily, and God does that. And Abram's to be patient on the Lord. And you too are to be patient on the Lord. But maybe you're sitting there and I just need reassured. I need to hear the word of God. Listen, the Bible is right here. And when you open it, God speaks. And that is where we find our assurance. The word of God is our security blanket. And when you open it, it should remind you each and every day that God has a plan, God loves you, and he has called you into salvation, that you are forgiven by Christ through his blood, that the Holy Spirit lives within you and that your life is now guided by him, protected by God, and you are strengthened daily by God. Grace has brought you this far, and his grace will continue to lead you home to glory. Secondly, the confirmation in the Lord. How do I know that I know that I'm saved? How do I know that I belong to the Lord? How can he confirm to me that I am his? You wanna know the truth? If you belong to the Lord, you hate sin. You're tired of sin. And each and every day, you put on the armor of God and you go to war with sin. Why? Because you cannot serve two masters in this world, only one. And the Lord's way is your, is your way. When you wake up, you turn from yourself and you turn to him. You fall on your knees and you repent and you give thanks. You give thanks that you have been forgiven. But you know that you know that you are saved by God's faithfulness and that you hate your sin. Romans 8.14 says this, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Folks, from the Word of God, there's no greater confirmation in the world than to be called a son and daughter of the one true king. Do you know this, Jesus? Do you know your Lord? Do you know the creator of all the world? Listen, at the bottom of the screen, there is a number for you to text to reach out to a pastor. A pastor is waiting to talk with you, to tell you about your, your creator, the one who loves you. If you need assurance, you need confirmation, give that number on the bottom of the screen a text or a call. They're waiting to visit with you. Would you pray with me at this moment as we close? 
it is good to see you all. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your confirmation that we know that we know that we are saved because you have sealed us in the arms of our Heavenly Father through the Holy Spirit. And Father, it is a blessing to hear daily that we are loved. And as we open this holy word, we see how much you love us, how much you gave up to save us. It cost a life. You paid a debt that we couldn't pay. And your arms were stretched out on a cross to offer forgiveness to sinners. So Father, if there's anyone who does not know truly who you are, I pray that again, they do not gamble on eternity, that they find truly where their hope and peace comes from. They find out truly why they were created to worship you. And if there's anyone struggling with the assurance that is found in the Lord, that they need confirmation, Lord, that I pray that they reach out and they find truly that they are in the palm of your hands because the Holy Spirit never lets us go. Father, thank you that today and tomorrow has been won, has been conquered through the death and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior. And we give you thanks for all things in your precious son's name we pray. Amen.